the past we've discussed whether it's appropriate to celebrate Thanksgiving or not. Today I want to talk about the kashrus of Turkey in general. I saw a very nice article by uh, Rabbi Leibovitz from uh, Halachically Speaking. Uh, wrote about Thanksgiving in general, about the kashrus of Turkey. Um, there's a very good article in the Masora Journal about the kashrus of Turkey. So is Turkey a kosher bird? It's well known that Mari Varabi, Rav, Rav Shechter, does not uh, eat turkey, typically. So why? Well, what's, the, what's the problem and what are the solutions? So first of all, just in terms of defining what exactly is a kosher bird, what's not a kosher bird, the Torah itself, in Devarim Parakidalit and Vayikra Parakidalit, identifies 24 specific birds as being not kosher. If a bird is not on that list of 24 birds that are not kosher, it is kosher. So you think, okay, open and shut case. Just look at the Chumash and see if it says Tarnagal Hodu on the list of things that are not kosher. If it doesn't say Tarnagal Hodu, then we're home free, then it's good. So the problem is that we have a difficult time identifying all of the different birds. However, there are certain simon, so we don't know what's on that list, what's not on that list. But there are certain simanim that kosher birds would have. First and most important simon, the most authoritative of all simanim, is that any bird that is do-race, that's a predator, is not a kosher bird. It's a gemar chulin on daf nun There is somewhat of machlokas rishonim, what exactly do-race means. Let's just translate it as predator for now. There are a few other signs of a kosher bird. If it has an extra finger, if it has a crop, if the inner layer of the bird's gizzard can be peeled off by hand, all of these things the Gemara Nechulun identifies as a possible simanim of what would be a kosher, a kosher bird. However, they aren't simanim in the sense that you need all of them in order for a bird to be kosher. It could be that they, they're, 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 they're not a siba, they're a simen. There are simon that lead you in the direction to think it's more likely that it's kosher. The, the only one that's absolute is being dorace. If a person knows that a specific bird is dorace, then even if it has all three of the other kosher simonim, the bird is not kosher. So because of this problem of figuring out what is kosher, what's not kosher, we don't know. So the Gemara tells a story that there was a certain town that was eating a non-kosher bird, and uh, they thought the bird was kosher, and turned out it wasn't kosher. So some uh, Rishonim in the Ramah says la'alacha is that our minig is that we're not going to allow any bird unless we have a mesora that it's kosher. So we have to have a mesora that it was eaten by Jews and that it was accepted as kosher in order to eat any bird because we're always afraid that whatever bird it might be is one of the 24 that are on the list on, in, in Chumash. So the Archashulchan says Khalila to be Mekel Neged the Ramah, that we need a Mesorah, that we need a Mesorah, we can't be Mekel against the Ramah. So a few things, so now we have to figure out what does a Mesorah mean? So four basic rules about a Mesorah. First thing is, a person in order to have a Mesorah, Shulchanach, Simpei Beis, Sif Beis, with Shachter and Sif Katnalov points out that in order for, for a person to have a Mesorah, you, ha, you, you can't just have somebody tell you that, yeah, it's okay, it's kosher, we used to eat it. The person that reports it has to himself be a Chacham Ubaki. Chacham and Baki, two different qualifications. He has to be a Chacham, but he also needs to be an expert in birds. He has to know what he's talking about. If he can't tell a pigeon from a goose from a duck, you know, so then it's not going to help that he's a Chacham, that he's a great Talmud Chacham. He needs to be a Chacham and Baki. question is, is there anyone nowadays that actually fits that qualification, fits the, the, the mold of a Chacham and Baki, Primagadim, and Sif Seidas, Sif Aldev, Sif Katnalev discusses the possibility that maybe we don't even have such a thing as a Chacham Ubaki, but certainly it needs to come from an authoritative source in order to have a Mesorah. Second thing is 
that you would think that, uh, what about a written Mesorah? If it says in a Sefer that a certain type of bird is a kosher bird, is that good enough? So many posts say that that's not good enough because uh, words can, meaning of words can change over time. So it could be, you find a thousand years ago, some manuscript of Rishon that says Tarnagal Hodu is kosher, and uh, he's talking about a totally different bird. He's talking about a bird that's actually indigenous to India, right? And not, uh, not, not the turkey, which we just happen to call Tarnagal Hodu. So it, uh, the words can change. You need an actual tradition of what the item is. The third rule in regards to figuring out a Mesorah is that the Gemara in Brachos Taf Zayin Amadal says that a kosher and non-kosher animal cannot interbreed and produce any viable offspring together. So some argue, suggests that the same is true for birds that a kosher and non-kosher bird cannot interbreed and produce any offspring. So maybe if you find a bird that interbreeds with a kosher bird, that's a raya, that the bird in question is kosher, otherwise it would never be able to interbreed with a kosher bird. So that may be, that may be, uh, 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 it may obviate the need for a, for a Masara. And the fourth uh, rule with relation to Masara is that the Avninezer writes, again in uh, Yerodea, the very next Shuv in Simonai Vav, that if an egg of a specific bird is identical to a kosher bird, then it must come from the same species. Then it must also be considered from a kosher species. So if, the, uh, if you have one bird that you don't know if it's kosher, another bird that you know it's kosher, the eggs look exactly the same, good, now you know that they're both kosher. So how does this help us with turkey? Now, first a little bit of background. Turkey is from America. It's indigenous to America. It's not indigenous to India. Why is it called uh, Tarnagal Hodu? Because it was at first thought to be um, the, uh, the, the, the larger American version of a chicken. And when Columbus came to America, he thought he hit India. So they called Tarnagal, as in Tarnagal, it's like a chicken. Hodu, from India. And that's what, uh, that's, uh, that name stuck even after we discovered that we're not in India. Um, so that's, uh, even though we had all these Indians, right? The, the Native Americans are not actually Indians. So, the, the, uh, so, so that's, that's how the name stuck. But it has nothing to do with India. Um, so now, given that background, there were no Jews. There were no Jewish Native Americans. There were no Jews here in this part of the world. So how could we possibly have a Masora? So you say, okay, well, let's go back to the rules. Sometimes you don't need a Masora if the eggs look exactly the same. They don't. Turkey eggs are much larger, very different than eggs of any other kosher bird. Can they interbreed maybe? Maybe they can interbreed with kosher birds. They can't. So now what? What tells us that a turkey is kosher? There's no Masora. So there are five possible Svaras Lahakel. One possible Svara, some of the postcom suggest the Nitziv and Meshav Davri Yardeh, Simchav Beis, that maybe the Ramah only requires a Masora on a bird that hasn't been eaten for years and years by Jews. But if Jews have been eating a bird for years and years, there's no reason to say that everyone who ate it uh, made a mistake. You could assume that uh, we, we have been allowed to eat the bird for all, for all these years. Um, what does that mean? So some suggest, well, it means that the Ramah was born in 1540, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, and the Ramah's didn't uh, take effect yet. And, uh, and, and, and so we passed like the Ramah, but Jews uh, ate before the Ramah came along. So we don't have to stop eating it because the Ramah came up with the new Khumra. So that, that itself is a questionable assertion. The Ramah didn't make up this Khumra, he just popularized it. But it was, a, it was a something from Rishonim already that, he, that, that he, he, codified, he codified it, but it was something from Rishonim already that existed. The second possible Kula is that maybe we don't pass like the Ramah. 
and the raya that we don't pass on like the Rama is that for all these years Jews have been eating turkey and no one ever said anything. So maybe that's a raya that we don't uh, that we don't pass on like the Rama because there were gedolei Israel around that didn't uh, didn't have a problem with it. So maybe we don't hold that you need a misora in order for a bird to be to be kosher. Third possible kula the arugas habosem simintazayin says that a misora is only required to prove. That it's not a dough race, that it's not a predator. If you're able to prove otherwise that it's not a predator without a misora, so good, so then you won't need a misora. How can you prove otherwise? Monitor the bird for 12 months, watch it closely, see how it behaves, and then you'll be able to prove that it's not a dough race, and then you won't need a misora. Fourth possible kula, which is uh, difficult to accept, is the may be'er. Um, the, I don't know who may be'er is, but Rabbi Leibovitz quotes it over here that. Uh, we can rely on the Jews of India, who, which is the place where Turkey comes from, who had a clear Misora dating back to Moshe Rabbeinu. So I don't know what that means. It doesn't come from India. I don't know. What Jews of India? What is he talking about? So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means. Um, and that's what Kavachayim also says. Yeah, it comes from India, and that's why it's permissible, because there were Jews in India, and uh, therefore mother. I don't know what the words even mean. The, uh, the fifth possible clue is the Dvar Halacha. says that the Ramah required a Misora only when you have a brand new category of birds. Uh, why did they call this bird Tarnugal Hodu? They thought it was an oversized chicken. It looks just like a chicken. So maybe it's part of the general category of chicken, and therefore it doesn't, you don't need a Misora for just a bigger chicken. So that's, uh, but again, very questionable. It's not just a bigger chicken. The eggs don't even look the same. It doesn't taste the same. There's nothing about it. That's really uh, like, I mean, there's very little about it that's really like a chicken. Nevertheless, however shver any of these kulas might be, uh, Rav Moshe, like we discussed uh, when we discussed Thanksgiving, uh, has several chuvas about celebrating Thanksgiving, and in all those discussions, he assumes you're eating turkey. He doesn't seem to think that there's any issue of, uh, he questions whether it's chukasakum or not chukasakum, fine, but no issue of uh, eating turkey. The turkey he assumes is kosher, so it seems that, and it seems that all the major um, kashrus organizations in America do give uh, hashkacha to turkey. Shechter writes in Nefesh Rav on page two hundred thirty-one that Rav uh, Salvechik used to have a turkey dinner on Thanksgiving, and he said obviously we deduced from there that Rav Salvechik held that turkey is kosher. Um, who are the machmirim that don't eat turkey? So as I mentioned, I believe Rav Shechter does not eat turkey. And also it's a tradition in uh, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's family, Rabbi Yaakov was machmir, that he didn't eat turkey. People, uh, you ask his, his children and grandchildren in this neighborhood, Rabbi Yaman and Mordechai, they'll tell you that they don't eat turkey. His granddaughters, who marry out of the fa- you know, marry men from other families, uh, will eat turkey because they'll take on the, the minig of their uh, their husbands. But uh, but that was Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's minig as well, uh, not to eat turkey. Okay.